Hello, everyone. This is Brian with Good Dog Workshop, your podcast resource for successfully working with your dog. We'll help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there. We'll help you understand dogs and how to effectively work with a dog's nature, not against it. In short, we'll teach you how to speak dog. Thank you for joining us today. And I am once again joined by my good friend, Carlos Marino in Austin, Texas. How are you, Carlos? Doing good. I've not been infected, so I can't say anything otherwise. That's right. We are under self-home quarantine due to the coronavirus right now. Um, so more people are spending more time with their dogs, hopefully in a good way and not in a lazy way. Yeah, uh, I'm seeing more people walk dogs out in my neighborhood. I don't know if you are. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen as many people get out and walk and then all of a sudden walk with their pets. I'm like, I didn't know that dog existed in the neighborhood. Hey, no, you know, so that's that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that uh, that is a good sign then. So um, the topic today is hounds, the the groups we've been going through, breed specific, and I wanted to back up a little bit and, and kind of talk about um, the groups in general, herding group and, and hound group and sporting group, uh, toy group, terrier, all that stuff. But today I want to talk about hounds because I've worked with uh, uh, several hounds recently of varying degrees of problems with these dogs. Um, but you know, according to internet, uh, the, the great internet and, and the books that we have in front of us, what defines a hound for us, Carlos? Oh man. I, I didn't well, know I was going to start with that one. Did you? Well, the AKC, um, if I guess we go with that, it's, it's, uh, let's see how long I've got that. Again. Um, you know, I don't have it here, but for me, a, a hound is basically a work dog, right? It, it, it is bred to either hunt, vermin, track, prey, chase, uh, whatever, rodents. So it, 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 it's, a, it's a hunting dog, but the, the hound group is, 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 is very big. And, and uh, so I don't know if we should talk about the most common hounds uh, or just hounds, because there's a lot of uh, hound dogs and it's not just a beagle either right so yeah this is this is a big a big group here uh, according to dictionary.com a, a hound is a dog of a breed used for hunting especially one able to track by scent and that's true up to a certain extent because there are plenty of sight hounds out there as well that you know the greyhound and the the, um, the afghan hound those types of things um, for me a hound is simply a dog trained to follow either with his nose or with his sight and corner or in some cases to tree the the animal or the the prey or the quarry until the human comes along and captures it or kills it or does something like that um so typically and this is this is the issue that i want to talk about that i want to sure. focus on today typically a hound is out front Okay, and when you and I talk to talk to clients and show them how to walk dogs, we're not telling them put your dog out in front or let your dog be out in front. So that's that's my number one issue with uh, with people getting hounds is hounds kind of inherently want to be out front, and we've allowed them for you know hundreds of years of training to let the hound be out in in front so that we don't ruin the the scent or the or the visual for the for the hound to go after, um, and then there's the reward is when they tree or corner the prey that's part of their their intrinsic reward but then they also get a reward when we the humans finally get there if we're following the dog but if you're you know you've got a dog a hound dog in your backyard he jumps the fence because he sees a deer or picks up a 
uh, rabbit scent or a skunk or something like that, he's going to go and you may not be following it. And so he may not have that reward of his person being behind him, joining up with him, giving him a good boy and then bringing him at, back home. And generally these guys aren't so great at finding their way back home. Not that they can't, but they just typically don't. And that's the, my main gripe with, with the, so many rescues who go, at least in this area, who go to the southern states and rescue a lot of hounds. Because these dogs, uh, there's, no, there's no real easy or nice way to say it. But, but for me, the hound dogs, I don't think, are the easiest and not the best to have as a suburban companion pet dog. Yeah, it's like, um, I would say it's like ha- uh, wanting and desiring and needing a family car with good gas mileage and then going out there and getting a, a pickup truck with big, fat, off-road tires, you know, that's maybe two doors. And you're like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this truck and hopefully it fits my needs. But it, it's, it's meant to be off-road, right? It's meant to be off-road. It's meant to be rugged. It's meant to to be uh, utilitarian in nature and probably doesn't have good gas mileage, right? So it's probably not the best car to try and domesticate if you will just like a hound is is a very difficult and notoriously hard dog to domesticate like you just pointed out hard to uh keep off leash safely and uh, hard to i would say counter condition uh, um, them to want to please you uh you know especially when their inheritance and genetics are very strong very strong whether it's their nose like we just pointed out uh, for hunting and, and so on and so forth. So you could almost think of it as a cat with a very strong prey drive. I mean, what do you do? It's hard. You're not going to train a cat to not look for movement. You're not going to train a hound dog to focus on you when it's interested in a, a squirrel or a deer or something out there or a scent that it caught its attention. So it's it's a very, very challenging breed to take from whatever a rural area and then try to make it a, a house pet, especially when you have small area. Yeah. Yeah, and I've also heard from people who have had hounds over the years that they tend to be difficult to housebreak as well. Again, an indoor issue versus, you know, an outdoor issue going to the bathroom outside. So, like I said, there's no real nice way to put it, but if you're going to rescue a dog, don't put the hounds as the top of your at the top of your list because they they are difficult to to work with for, for a number of reasons. But if you've got a ton of energy and you've got a ton of time, uh, and you know something about the, the, um, the grouping of, of hounds or the specific breed, then, you know, by all means, go ahead and give it a shot. But as a beginner, as a first dog owner, definitely do not consider a hound. And that, by the same token, I would also not recommend, I'm sure Carlos, you agree with me that a first time dog owner also not get a Husky. Yeah, for sure. The uh, specialized breeds um, are usually not a good idea uh, to have as as, as uh, indoor dogs, apartment dogs, um, especially not everyone's working. Now, I know that's changed a little bit temporarily because people are working remote, but um, it's still the, the the rule of thumb still holds true. Now, um, Brian, are you you're talking about hounds, and and I mentioned the hounds with a strong sense of smell, desire to track that sort of thing. You know the greyhound is also in here, and 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 so is the whippet uh, and the Italian. And those, are, so, 
Yeah. Right. And those are those are considered sight hounds because they're not tracking with their nose, at least not first and foremost. They're tracking visually. They see something. And that's why the greyhounds will go around a track because of that that lure in the middle on the track going, you know, 50, 60 miles an hour. If that weren't there, they wouldn't see anything and that wouldn't tap into their instincts to want to go chase something. So yes, if you have a, a greyhound He's going to be looking for stuff to chase because that's his, that's his MO. And that's what I was going to ask you. Is it still as strong, even though they're not a scent hound? Is the, is the instinct, the drive to, to go and chase and track and follow still as strong, even though their strong suit isn't, isn't their nose? I would say no, because of, you, you kind of answered the question right there, because the nose is the number one uh, sense for a dog. So the nose is going to, is going to lead all, all dogs first and foremost. And so if that's your main thing, the scent, the scent hounds, it's going to be a tougher hound to break him of going, just following his nose versus a greyhound. It'll be a little bit easier to break him from following something via, via sight. Maybe not much easier, but you know, the, the idea here is you go with your, go with your strong suit. So scent hound, he sticks his nose to the ground because that's what uh, they dogs naturally do is is use their use their nose you know and a lot of people who have had a blind dog or deaf dog know that their dogs actually do very well simply because sorry about that my phone just rang um, simply because uh, that nose is their main thing so they'll keep um, keep being able to to do what they need to do and even get around a, a house pretty well because their nose is still working um, now so, I can see people uh, Brian I can see people saying, well, um, are all hounds the same as far as their drive? I mean, what about the, the beagle we know is, is very popular, but also the, the dachshund, or I don't know how you pronounce it, dachshund, dachshund. Where, uh, does, that, where does that hound fall in? I mean, it's, 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 it's very popular. It's very much a, uh, a small indoor pet dog uh, these days, but it's still under the group hound dog. Yep. Yeah, because again, they they want to chase after something to corner it or catch it or or trap it. Um, you know, the the beagle is the dachshund will go into a burrow just like a terrier would. So it's almost you know, I, and I, I have to look into the uh, the background there, but I think the dachshund has some form of uh, of terrier in its background, some somewhere yeah. in its in its makeup because it stays obviously stays low to the ground, but short legs because it goes into an animal's burrow, whereas a beagle, they typically aren't going to do that. They're just going to stay and on on top of the the earth and and track that way. Basset is has a similar purpose, but just moves more slowly. Um, and and then the uh, you know the the foxhounds, those type of things. And generally, the idea here is the longer the leg of the dog, the easier they can keep up with. Makes sense. Whatever. Yeah whatever the person is using to get there. So Bassett's you, you're, you're not moving very quick. So they're tracking slower core. You can walk more slowly to keep up with them. The foxhounds you're on a horse. Therefore you need a, you need a fast dog. The beagles and the Bassett's you're going to be on foot when you're, when you're tracking with them, with them. And also the foxhounds, they just want to run and run and run. Whereas a bloodhound is going to move more slowly. So a, a human can keep up with a, with a bloodhound much more easily than, than being on a horse, but they are longer legged. So you could be on a horse and, and track with a, with a bloodhound as well. But either way, all of these guys, the scent hounds are in front of us. 
and leading the way. And that, that's kind of the opposite of what, what we're trying to teach our clients is to be the leader of your dog. And, and yes, we're talking about the scent hounds are physically leading the way, but there is absolutely an emotional aspect to that, that, that falls in line with where you are physically in, in the pack position. How many of these do you, would you say you see in these training sessions that you go to uh, recently? You see, you see beagles fairly frequently. Um, bassets not so often. Um, and I don't know if they're as popular as they as they used to be. I worked with a really really difficult bloodhound a couple of weeks ago, um, but I'm seeing kind of you know a regular foxhound or blue tick hound or or you know coon hound or tring walker coon hound. I see some sort of hound mixes. Um, quite often actually but generally you know it's either it's either some type of of beagle or um or hound mix that uh, uh that i've been working with lately and oftentimes like i said they're not from around here a rescue has brought right. you know, sent a truck down to down to tennessee or wherever and, and brought up a bunch of hounds that were picked up as strays because they have too many hounds down there and i guess people in suburban northern virginia want a lot of hounds so they bring them up here yeah, and I think I think for me it was it was this way when I was very young. I remember um, what was that? What was that name brand? I don't know if it was clothing brand or they used the the Basset Hound as their like. Uh, oh yeah, that, oh, the I mass. forget what that was. Yeah, yeah, they had that little logo, the Basset. I don't know if it was. Was shoes. it Hush Puppy? Yeah, something. I don't know if it was shoes or something or clothes, but I remember thinking, man, this is the cutest dog, um, and I want that dog when I grow up. So, um, the first dog I ever desired was a Basset Hound because it looked so cute. They had big ears. So, and I think that's part of the issue, right? They're they're very attractive, they look cuddly, um, and so we we get in trouble again because we are impulsive with our with our eyes and not do the uh, the background search. Um, you could uh, actually uh, there's a little quick little Google test I did. I just typed dachshund, okay, and uh, without anything else. And uh, well, sometimes when you just type the beginning of a word, they'll give you the top search results. Uh, on Google, which means this is what people are looking for, and a lot of times uh, it lets you know what the what what's trending, what's catching people's attention. Anyway, so one of the first things that pop popped up is uh, miniature dachshund and and puppies, uh, right? So wow. and and then temperaments in there, but it's not the top of the list, right? So it goes to show you that people are more interested in how they look, and apparently there's a miniature version of a dachshund already <laughs> that someone's breeding, right? So it's 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 unfortunate that that's what's the the appeal here is is what they look like, and then um, we get in trouble because we're we're uh, we're following our eyes, and then when we acquire these dogs, like you said, Brian, hard to house break, strong prey drive. If they get out, they probably won't come back on their own. That kind of thing. So, and that's just one of the more popular hounds, if you will, under the uh, hound group uh, that I was looking into here. Yeah, and you know, even though the word hound isn't in 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 the name of some of these, you've got your you've got your Borzois, um, which is a which is a Russian um, wolfhound, I believe. Uh, there's obviously the Beagle doesn't have hound in the in the name. Um, uh, you know, a Norwegian Elkhound, which essentially looks like a, you know a cross between an Akita and a and a Husky, um, and then. An otter hound, which almost looks like uh, the dog Benji from the movie when when I was a kid. So there there are lots of different looking dogs um, 
you know, out uh, lots of dogs that lots of hounds out there, sorry, that look very different, but essentially have a pretty similar purpose, which is to, which is to chase something and, uh, and, and corner it in. And so the greyhounds they're used for, uh, for racing these days, same, same with, uh, with whippets. And I believe as of you know, several years ago, I was told that there were no greyhounds bred for anything other than the track. Um, gotcha. So that's right. what that's what humans have told these dogs. This is your job. You you race around a track, and there's no other other reason other than the show ring. Obviously, um, the whippets fall into that, and then the Italian greyhound, which is the short, very fine boned, nervous looking um, group of of uh, or you know of the of the the the. Sorry, the greyhounds there, the Italian yeah. greyhound, very, very small, very slender build. They can make decent pets, but they are very delicate creatures. You don't want to set them up on a piece of furniture that they can't jump up there on their own because trying to get down, they could they could seriously injure themselves that way. Um, so even though an Italian greyhound is a type of hound, it's really a companion dog. It's a toy companion dog. It's not going to be racing after you know, rabbits or squirrels or picking up, you know, any kind of, any kind of scent like, um, like a lot of the other hounds would. Um, but for the, for the most part, even, even a whippet, I had neighbors in Colorado who had a whippet and this thing would just chase anything it saw moving up and down the, down the road. So it's a real, real tough, uh, tough breed to have. And one thing I'm seeing here on the AKC website is they're including the Rhodesian Ridgeback as a hound. And I did not know that. Right, I know that's like an African descent dog that's very hardy and and can withstand a lot of outdoor elements, right? And and they're considering that a hound, huh? Yeah, and they're and they're fearless. I I realize maybe that makes sense uh, because they're uh, they're bred to go after lions, but I didn't know that that was you know in that sense they can they considered it a a, a hound. But um, you know, there's a there's a lot according to yeah, AKC, a lot of diversity there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there, there, there really isn't, you know, ranging from all different, different sizes. But um, I also notice, of... I also notice too, Brian, when I when I come visit you, it's especially when we go to the, uh, the yeah, animal shelter, the dog pound, if you will, that there's there's a lot of hounds there. I mean, what do you think? What do you think the percentage is? I don't know if you've seen the, that change or not. But it's always seemed like there's quite a bit of hound mix, I should say. Uh, yeah, of that... some sort. Yeah, the mix is more than anything else. And for a while there, it was, you know, at least here in Fauquier County, the SPCA would have just a ton of Jack Russells. And then they would have a ton of Beagles. And then they went through a phase where there were nothing but pit bulls and pix bull mixes. And now it seems like it's kind of swinging back to a lot of a lot of hound mixes um, in, in that shelter more recently and, and in a lot of other shelters. And again, I think it, it has to do with, you know, maybe the need to... Um, you know, in certain parts of the country, there's a lot of one one type of one type of dog, and so rescuers feel the need to to help that group of dog because there's an overpopulation of it, and bring it to more affluent areas up up north, um, where people are you know either looking for or willing to take on a um, a group or a type of dog that. Uh, that we don't have so much up here. They don't have so much in in New England. So maybe it has to do with almost commercialism is is supply and demand and also i mean the pattern there i think is pretty obvious but it's it's dogs that are bred to have a strong drive you know a strong prey drive strong hunting uh digging whatever the case may be it's it's like it's the same thing with a pit bull right they're just bred to have that strong uh, uh tenacity about them and so 
I think what happens is um, that gets the best of a lot of owners who get these dogs maybe as puppies. And then they realize, I can't deal with the overwhelming momentum and need that this dog has built inside of its um, of its body, you know. So I think that, that that's something too, right? Be yeah, wary, and- be careful of these, these dogs that are bred with a really strong uh, a drive to work, to have some kind of job and purpose, yeah. And, and yes, a, a need to do something, but I think my issue here is a need to do something outside because I've worked with so many hounds over the years where the dog clearly is uncomfortable or anxious or something inside. You get it outside and it really settles down. It may be pulling, it may be bang, but it no longer seems nervous once it's outside. Gotcha. Um, and that and that goes to the one I was telling you about that I worked just a few weeks ago, this um, – this big, beautiful, uh, um, uh, good Lord, the bloodhound named, uh, named bear. And, um, Marina had, had seen, seen bear in the, the clinic where she used to work and the owners were having trouble with him. I don't remember what exactly it was, but you know, they were just seeing if Marina could get him to be calm and, and sit near him. And all she did was just, you know, walk up to him in a dominant fashion. And he sat and, and uh, she gave him a, a treat, and she filmed the whole thing for me. So I was like, okay, this will be an easy one. Not sure what the issue is. And then I get to the house, and before I even got to the front steps, the dog was at the sidelight, the, the windows next to the front door, and, you know, just raging on the glass there. And she had him on a leash, and she opened the door and held him back. But for the better part of an hour and 20 minutes, he was yeah. trying to get his teeth into me. And I had the tennis racket to block, um, but he he wasn't about to um, uh, to let me very far into that house. And um, I haven't heard heard back from uh, from them yet on what they want to do next. But I'd like to try going back to the house without them there and see if it's most mostly about the house or if it's mostly about them. I'd like to um, meet them outside with uh, with the dog and see if it is an, an indoor issue versus an outdoor issue and, and do do some more troubleshooting there. But that's not the first town that I've worked with where inside the dog is just insane and then outside he settles down quite a bit and can and can really uh really relax but i couldn't get to the point of developing a sense of trust and respect with this dog in order to test much else after that and the people they were they were very nice and and uh were listening to instructions well but they couldn't get him under control enough where i felt comfortable that yeah we can move on to to taking him outside on leash and introducing him to uh uh, to my dogs up close. Uh, we did it from a, from a distance and it didn't, it didn't go as well as I'd hoped, but the, the people needed more work. The other thing that could be the problem, at least in this case, in bear's case was he was not getting walked. And I think when I asked how, when the last time they walked him, they said it was something along the lines, uh, in terms of months, it wasn't days, it wasn't yeah. weeks. They hadn't walked him outside for months so imagine being a dog that likes to be outside, that prefers to be outside, not getting outside for months. You know, that's basically a prison sentence for this dog. Yeah, like, Mike, I would imagine putting somebody in isolation. Right. <laughs> but there is a cause and effect there. And um, you may not notice it, but it's there and it builds over time. So so uh, in conclusion, Brian, uh, definitely not a beginner dog for me. I would say not a dog I would ever want to own. They're cute. Uh, and and they, I'm glad they can you be picturesque, but yeah, definitely not on my list of, of uh, wanting to 
and I'm to glad have in you, my house. Yeah. I'm glad you put it that way because that's what I always thought too until two plus years ago when I brought Vivian home. And yes, housebreaking is still an issue with her, but it wasn't too long before I could put her out the front or the back door in the morning, either by herself or with the other dogs. And then about four minutes later, she's bang at one of the doors to come back in and hounds let that's what we've been talking about in this, in this podcast is hounds do not come back. This one does Vivian loves being near us, being the other dogs. You know, the term I use is pack bound. She's, she has such a strong desire to be with others that that, overrides her nose to follow a scent because she's you know doesn't go along the along the path in the in the back or along the side of the house and there's all sorts of you know other dogs walking by and she won't she stays with us so this isn't to say that don't get a hound because none of them will stay close they'll all run off it's to say you know you're fighting an uphill battle if you're trying to get a hound that's going to be trustworthy off leash from the get-go but it can work I didn't do anything with Vivian, especially. So I would say that she just built in was more pack bound and, and wanted to be near us and the other dogs than, than a lot of other hounds I've, uh, I've worked with. So I just lucked out on this, but, wow. but yes. She's also 35 years old, Brian. Yeah, she, yeah she's, she's also <laughs> century old, so she couldn't get very far anyway. Um, but yeah, I totally lucked out with, uh, with Vivian. But if you are looking to get a, to get a hound, spend some time getting to know the know the dog in you know in an enclosed area where you can let the dog off leash and see does it have a tendency to stay on the perimeter of the fenced in area because right. it's looking outward it wants fulfillment from something other than you or is it coming up to you a lot and hanging around near near you because these guys do have a tendency to uh, to want to follow their nose or follow their sight and go after something so any uh, more closing thoughts on this topic carlos no, I mean, it, it, there's a, it's a diverse group, um, and uh, definitely do your homework for sure, uh, because it, 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 there's a lot of popular hounds in this group that people have, but I think if you can help it and you have a little bit of discipline, uh, please do your homework first, uh, because I think it'll go a long ways, uh, because like I, I, for one, I'm in Austin, Brian, you're in Virginia, but I also have seen hounds here when I go and look at cats at the shelter, I happen to pop my head in, and so there's a reason for that, they're, they're getting returned some way or somehow. And I think it's because people are not expecting what's built in uh, to this particular group. Yeah, yeah, they're they're going going on on looks or personality alone rather than the the breed tendencies. So, good point. Um, well, uh, this is a, a really good topic, and I I will ask our listeners if you have good you know positive hound stories or negative hound stories or want to refute anything we've had to say, please. Um, Feel free to uh, uh, to call in to to text me at at seven zero three four eight nine one three one nine and we'll put your questions on uh, on our next next podcast and please help spread the word by giving us a five star rating on uh, iTunes or Buzzsprout or whatever you listen to and and write a nice review for us so that we can go higher up in the ranks and more people can hear about us and and learn how to how to be better owners for their dogs. Also, don't forget to check out our videos on our YouTube channel as well. We're always adding adding new ones and some of them are serious and some of them are some of them are pretty funny too and if you have any suggestions on videos you'd like to see i got a recent request um for a client asking a simple how do i get my dog to sit so i'm looking forward to uh, to putting that online uh, soon as well yeah yeah so carlos next time you're out we should film film some of these real quick absolutely so 
thank you everyone for joining us. We appreciate it. And we look forward to uh, next time with our next podcast. Take care, everyone.